to noon on WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. You can also check us out anytime you want with our podcast through CrescentCitySports.com. Just go to the website, left side of the front page, click on podcast to listen back to the show. If you're at home, you can check us out via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or Nash Icon 106.1 FM. Email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Hearing noise in the background, that's because I am stationed at Brookshire Grocery Arena in Bossier City, where the LHSAA State Wrestling Championships are well underway. Started at 9.30 this morning. We're in the consolation round now. Got through the quarterfinals a short time ago. Semifinals set for tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Finals for tomorrow at 5 p.m. Full coverage on CrescentCitySports.com and also here on radio on Nash Icon 106.1 FM, including here as we speak. And then tomorrow, the three tailgaters show with Ed Daniels and I. I'll be here live from 10 a.m. until noon. So let me get you updated real quick on the team standings, and we'll update you a little bit later, too, because it's static as we speak, and it's going to change with constellations going on. In Division One, defending state champion Jesuit has a solid lead. The Blue Jays with 177 points. Second place is Holy Cross with 149.5 points. So you can do the math. It's a 27 and a half point spread. East Ascension, a rising program, is third at 121 and a half. Dutchtown fourth at 114. Brother Martin at 113 and a half is a close fifth. St. Paul's a very close sixth that. 113. Those are the top teams in Division One. Should mention that Chalmette is 10th with 74 points. In Division Two, North DeSoto is about to end the dominant reign of Turley's Catholic, it would appear. The Griffins from here in North Louisiana with 171 points are 23 points better than Turley's Catholic with 148. St. Thomas More is third at 116, and Archbishop Rummel is fourth at 115. Sam Houston is fifth 
at 97. Lakeshore, by the way, ninth with 60 and a half points. And in Division Three, it's very close. Defending champion Archbishop Shaw is the leader. The Eagles with 116. Basile at 108. Archbishop Hannon third, 92 and a half. De La Salle is fourth, 75 and a half. And John Curtis Christian fifth at 75 as we speak. So that's the standings right now at the state wrestling championships here in Moser City. Pleasure right now to talk to our good and great friend Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Les, we appreciate you joining us. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Ken, and uh, it's good to get an update on all those grapplers before I go on the air. Yeah, look, uh, the your Blue Jays have been really good. They've got 12 out of their 14 wrestlers who have advanced to the semifinals tomorrow. That's a tremendous showing for Jesuit, led by Spencer Lanazga, the brilliant heavyweight, defending state champion, nationally ranked. He's had three matches, three pins, and it took him all of 48 seconds to accomplish that. That's amazing. Wow. Two of those pins came in 10 seconds each. 10 seconds. And the third, well, he took all of 28 seconds. So I joked with him when I interviewed him, and I'll have that at CrescentCitySports.com later tonight, about you know, what would you wait so long for? Great kid, you know, <laughs> heading the Navy, and uh, what a special uh, wrestler he is. So anyway, that's, that's kind of where we are. And great turnout here as always. Nice building and uh, just a good event. So... All good. Less clearly the, you know, the news of the day surrounds the New Orleans Saints and the fact that it appears imminent now. You can't say 1,000% sure, but it certainly appears imminent based on national reports and some local reports that Clint Kubiak is going to be the new offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. Now, how many people did they talk to? We know many. Uh, where was he in the pecking order? Don't know. But from the standpoint of hiring a, a young, up-and-coming coach, I think that's the right moniker. I think they certainly have fit that mold pretty well with Clint Kubiak. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's a solid hire. Uh, from what I've heard, you know, a couple of the guys, two or three of the guys they talked to, either stayed where they were or took another job. But I don't know whether any of them actually had offers from the Saints, but certainly the Saints uh, had them in their bullpen. But I think the two 49ers guys, Kubiak as well as quarterback coach Brian Greasy, I think were the guys they had zeroed in on, particularly after Zach Robinson went to the Falcons. And I think uh, because of the 49ers playoff run, that's why it dragged out a little bit because uh, that just kind of complicated the ability to negotiate but uh, I, I think that was, they were high on the list. They, they went for the uh, passing game coordinator of the quarterback's coach, understandably. And, uh, you know, they need to have some fresh blood, some fresh ideas injected into the offense after the last two seasons uh, with Pete Carmichael and, and trying to maintain some semblance of Sean Payton's offense. And I think it's, it's time to... Uh, invigorate the offense and they uh, have a young coach who's coming from a system that is well in tune with where the NFL is right now in terms of pre-snap movement, quick uh, pass patterns and such. Stuff where the Saints, frankly, were lagging behind. I agree with everything you said. I mean, I guess we can just put a wrap on it now. No, I'm just kidding. 
Look, I think my feeling about this was, and I don't know this firsthand, but like you, I felt like their primary interest was in four guys. The young man with the Houston Texans, for obvious reasons, who stayed put. He's in a great situation. Zach Robinson and Kubiak. And I think Greasy would have been the fourth guy. And I think the reason for that is, is, is clear. They wanted a younger guy. They wanted an up-and-comer. And they wanted somebody from a dynamic offense, somebody that utilizes a lot of movement and somebody that clearly is is on the rise. And I think this is a good hire. Look, only time will tell, but Kubiak has a lot of skins on the wall that matter. You know, of course, his dad, we all know, Gary, worked in the NFL, experienced galore, Super Bowl-winning coach. And with regard to Clint, you know, very good NFL experience, called plays for Denver, offensive coordinator with Minnesota, and then serving with Shanahan with an elite offense for the last couple of seasons. You go back to his college days, he spent three years at Texas A&M as well, Minnesota, Kansas, and he's 36 years of age, Les, and I think uh, that's, that's kind of bearing the lead, but I do think, as I mentioned, they wanted to get younger and fresher, and I think you hit on it. Yeah, and he, he's 36 years old, which is pretty young, and yet I think he entered the NFL at 25. So he's also, uh, as you pointed out, got a lot of experience that maybe belies his actual age. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you're one of those Saints fans, and there are a lot of them, understandably, who are clamoring for changes to the offense uh, last year at first during this season and finally at the end of the season I think if you look at these last few weeks with them uh, cutting ties with uh, Pete Carmichael conducting a thorough search in which they talked to a lot of impressive candidates and then coming up with this guy Kubiak who looks like a very good candidate he's just what they need I, I think if, if you've been looking for them to, to shake things up for the better on offense, I think you would have to give them at least a B-plus, if not an A or an A-minus, for the way they addressed it. But like you said, you know, we'll, we'll see how he pans out as a coordinator. But I think when you look at the approach they take, they took and the uh, outcome they had, you got to give them very high marks. Les East with us from CrescentCitySports.com talking about the Saints, who are poised to hire Clint Kubiak as their offensive coordinator been the passing game coordinator with San Francisco and again the 49ers success certainly speaks volumes and speaks positively about what the Saints are doing of course Michael Thomas with his cryptic tweets again most recently one of the things that he put out there was you know referencing the fact why don't you think why do you think the Saints can't hire an offensive coordinator you know I thought it was an asinine tweet to begin with much like most of his posts were as well. And I respect all opinions and understand why people feel the way they might feel. And the guy was a great player here before he got hurt. But, you know, he, he hasn't been a team guy, Les, for really three or four years. He ignored the organization's wishes when he got hurt, had surgery at an inopportune time, cost him a year, and, of course, was hurt again. And then when he came back, he blamed the quarterback for getting hurt. And in the midst of the season while a game's going on and deletes his account 
and reactivates. It's in time for conference championship games to blast the Saints again and to blast Derek Carr again and, and basically blast Derek, Dennis Allen. So it really doesn't matter what you think about Dennis Allen as a coach, whether you think he's lousy or can be good or what you think about Derek Carr and whether you think he's mediocre or fairly good or whatever. Uh, what Thomas did was inappropriate, and those are the kind of things that, that not only tear teams apart, but those are the kind of things that teams that aren't successful put up with. Yeah, and here's the, the thing about Mike. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see how he could ever put on a Saints uniform again. He, he did not get along with Sean Payton at the end. When Dennis nope. Allen was hired, he spoke very highly of him. Then he soured on yep. him. He was the biggest recruiter of Derek Carr outside of Dennis yep. Allen, spoke extremely highly of him, soured on him. So that's three instances, and there's one common denominator, and it's all Mike Thomas, who, after four years of injuries, is never again going to be the pro, all-pro receiver we saw the last time he was healthy. He might still be a pretty good player at some point, but it's going to have to be somewhere else. I, I don't see how in the world the Saints would have any interest in, in keeping him. No, a bad influence on younger players, too. And we've seen this before with the Saints in their experiences after Sean Payton returned, in particular from 14 to 16, when they were saddled with some guys like Ross Browner who didn't want to be here and openly talked about it. It was a bad signing. You know, with Junior Gallette, and we all know that story. And, you know, the, to get spiritual, you know, the... The good word says bad company corrupts good character. And, and I think, you know, you've got to have players and you've got to have dudes and you like to have guys that are nasty and tough too. At the same time, you've got to have guys that are going to be pulling on the same chain. And you're right. Everything you said is 100% correct. I've said that on this show and I've also written about it. The fact that Thomas was a gigantic ad advocate of Derek Carr, wanted him badly. It's a primary reason why he signed a one-year deal. And... He was also an advocate of Dennis Allen. You're absolutely right. And, of course, he, you know, he absolutely maximized his ability under Sean Payton, and he burned him and then didn't like him either. He did write a nice, heartfelt thank you letter to Drew Brees. At least there's that. So, look, uh, Mike Thomas was a great player for four years. Uh, his time's done, and people say, well, Oh, if Sean Payne was here, he'd have cut him right away with all that stuff. No, it doesn't work like that because of salary cap issues, contract situations, and the Saints certainly are in a, a mire where that's concerned anyway. But I do not think he'll be here when the time comes here properly. Uh, they'll release him. And, and, of course, that also is applicable to some other players. I think Andrew Speed is, is certainly on the fence with what he makes, even though he did an admirable job at left tackle. Jameis Winston is unquestionably in that realm after you know, not only not playing basically the last two years, but also you know, doing what he did in the final play of the season. So uh, changes are coming here, and I think it starts with what Dennis Allen is doing with his coaching staff. Look, Sean Payton was going to cast a large shadow over anybody that took this job. The Saints went with the approach of it ain't broke, don't fix it. They were 9-8. and eight after they won four straight division titles. And it made sense. And Peyton advocated Allen, and everybody in the building liked him. So we got it. The problem with that is the shadow of Peyton loomed unbelievably large, and there are even rumors that Peyton might try to come back. Meanwhile, Dennis Allen still had quite a few 
of Sean Payton's coaches here that were holdovers. Aside from the players, more than ever now entering year three, it looks like this is more of Dennis Allen's team and the shadow gets a little bit further down the path, but this is clearly the year that Allen must produce. Yeah, I agree with all of that. It's uh, more and more that this is uh, Dennis Allen's uh, operation. He's made changes even to his first coaching staff, and uh, the personnel turnover uh, has been under his watch. And uh, the OC hiring today, or imminent hiring, is uh, the biggest move that's going to happen uh, in these first two plus years of his tenure. So. If things don't get better uh, next season, it's going to be pretty clear cut who's going to be the person to blame for it. And yet, if they improve from year three, from year two to year three, the way they improve from year one to year two, people might start to think that this guy is growing into the position and maybe his, his tenure is going to last for a while. But that, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made between now and the time they, they see it up again. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to be able to afford answers, Pete, given what he's probably going to get on the open market. So there's going to be more roster, roster turnover. And uh, one more thing on Mike Thomas. You know, Mickey Loomis felt compelled at the end of the season to address the culture of the organization, which had been a strength for several years. And suddenly it became a question mark, if not a liability. And I think Mike Thomas was probably uh, a contributor to a healthy culture when he was in his first few years. And he deteriorated and I think became a symbol of how that culture had soured. And uh, so I think that this is a demarcation point in in the Mickey Loomis era and the... uh, uh, Dennis Allen. Les, with us from CrescentCitySports.com. I think that's absolutely the case. Now, decisions must be made. I mentioned some names previously, but there's some other names to consider also about who do you not bring back and who do you bring back next season? And where do you go in terms of the 14th pick overall if you stay with that pick? I mean, right now, Les, you've got to believe that the Saints are going to have to draft an offensive tackle. Bottom line is it's a very deep offensive tackle draft, and the Saints are in dire need. It's pretty obvious Trevor Penning isn't a left tackle in the NFL. It's pretty obvious that Ryan Ramchek is is probably more like a a 34-year-old than he is a six-year player with the injuries he has. And Andrew Speed's contract is up, and he was a guy that was moved anyway to tackle from guard. So, to me, even though they've invested so much at tackling in this offensive line, I'm not sure they have any choice but to go there again. Yeah, I think that, that's without question that the number one target going into the draft it is an area of strength. So the only way I think they look elsewhere is if, for some reason, when they come to pick, the value has shrunk there, which isn't likely with the depth of the position. But if there's somebody who jumps out of another position where the value is too good to pass up, that's the only thing I could envision, and I think that's highly unlikely. I think they got to go with a tackle. I agree with everything Jeff Ireland said about 
Trevor Penning. I think it's too early to give up on him, but I do think there, there's reason to be concerned about him at tackle, but the Saints have to give him every opportunity because he has been hurt a lot, especially his rookie year. He does have a lot of tools to work with, and it's too soon to give up on him. If guard is the right place for him, so be it. But I, I think they have to give him every opportunity this offseason and training camp to find a home somewhere on the offensive line. And if he is incapable of doing that, then it might be time to move on. Edge rusher, another need, obviously, unless they feel like they can get something out of Peyton Turner or Isaiah Foskey because we know Cam Jordan is, you know, let's face it, getting toward the end and not that guy, maybe effective on rundown still. And Carl Granderson's your best guy, and he was an undrafted free agent. So that's another area where they have a definitive need. Might be the second biggest need, although I think safety might fit into that category too. I'd I don't know if Marcus May will be back. I, I'd say it's probably likely he won't be. And Tyron Matthew is getting longer in the tooth. So to me, those are positions of need. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of those. I, I think Edge Rusher definitely is the next target after offensive line, presumably tackle. Uh, and certainly elsewhere on the offensive line could be targeted somewhere else in the draft. Uh, safety, I agree. Mark, it's more likely Marcus May is not back than he is. And, and of course, Tyron is, is getting older. So safety, even though uh, Howden had a good rookie season and may have a spot there going forward, there's still they play so many DBs. Uh, safety is definitely an area of need. Uh, and, and, you know, running back depth probably needs to be addressed because I, I don't see Jamal Williams coming back. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Kendra Miller looked outstanding in the finale, but has had a lot of injuries. So I think somewhere along the line they'll address depth at running back. But I, I agree with the top three spots that you named. Well, I think you just hit my next position, running back, because, look, I mean, when the wall hits, it hits fast for running backs in the NFL. We've seen this time after time. Guys go from being, you know, elite-looking players to being – Afterthoughts. I mean, look at Cook in Minnesota, looked like one of the top five backs in the league. Now he's lucky to get on the field. Look at Zeke Elliott, and, and he got the big contract, and what happened there? I mean, it happens fast for running backs, and Alvin Kamara's pushing eight years. And to the naked eye, he wasn't the quick or elusive guy that we've seen previously this, this past season. He was still solid, but he wasn't that guy that made a lot of people miss or ran through tackles that we've seen previously. Jamal Williams, I mean, I don't want to use the word bust, but uh, he was a disappointment. He just, he didn't give them anything they were looking for uh, in the blocking part of it, the receiving part of it, or the, the running part of it, averaging 2.9 per carry. And then Kendry Miller is the one guy that looks like he's got what you're looking for, but this guy has a history of injuries dating back to college. So I couldn't agree more, I think, that is a position they're going to have to address as well. Yeah, and in Alvin's case, you know, I don't think there's anybody on the team who's in better shape and works hard and smarter in the offseason than he does. But you can't stop the progression of time, especially at the position he plays. I, you know, I, he showed this past season 
that he's, as you said, he's not exactly the back he once was. He's still good, and he may be good for two or three more years. I don't know, but his peak is behind him. And there's nothing wrong with running back by committee. That's been very successful for a lot of teams, including the Saints, in some of their best seasons. So even if Alvin's still very good, which I expect, and Kendra Miller stays healthy, I think with after getting a close look at Jamal Williams, I think that third back is not in the building, and uh, they, they're going to have to address it one way or another. Then, of course, the quarterback position. Are you surprised the vitriol aimed at Derek Carr? Again, I wrote a piece about him after the season ended at Crescent City Sports and, and matched up everything, and what he gave you this year uh, was exactly what you might have expected based on his career performance. If anything, he exceeded some of those marks, as I noted in my piece. His touchdown to interceptions were better than his career numbers. You know, his completion percentage was better than his career numbers. You know, there were some things he did well. And, of course, over the last month, he played very well. He was top two or three in the league in QBR the last month of the season. And, and yet, people still can't stand him. I, I don't know if it's because of the money, because they're still – thinking of Drew Brees or they think Jameis Winston should have been playing or whatever, but does it surprise you to see the amount of vitriol aimed at Carr? Yeah, it definitely surprises me and I'm not sure I can think of another instance, at least in recent Saints history, when someone's arrival uh, excited the fan base as much as his did and then turned off the fan base to the degree that his early performance did uh, the drop off from the uh, welcoming to New Orleans and the turning on him midway through the season is astonishing and I, I agree that for a good part of the season he did not live up to expectations but as you pointed out the last five weeks he was outstanding and on balance he uh, was probably what you could have realistically expected from him. So hopefully uh, that improvement at the end, the uh, injection of new life into the offense with a new coordinator, all of that will uh, give him somewhat of a fresh slate going into next season. Um, but we'll see. But, I, you know, I just think it's uh, amazing to me that his uh, he was so – he brought so much excitement to the city when he signed, and then he was being blamed for everything uh, two months into the season. Yeah, listen, I, I, I just, I was surprised by that. And the other thing about him, and I'm not here to advocate him as being a great quarterback or even a good quarterback. I think at times he was pretty good. At other times he was average to mediocre. I don't think he was poor. You know, other than one game. But two things come to mind. Number one, they didn't have a running game. Number two, their offensive line was chopped up and it wasn't very good most of the year. And number three, he was injured. And the organization chose to play him, thinking he was the better option, even hurt, than to go to Jameis Winston. So I think all of those things conspired too. And you can make the case that when the guy got healthy and the offensive line stabilized a bit, that he played better. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, I do think he was definitely feeling better 
of those last five games. I, I think his health was one of the major factors, but I think everything you mentioned also factored into it, and they still never had a running game, as you mentioned. So even when he was playing well, he was somewhat hamstrung by the absence of a consistently good running game. So I think if they can fix the offensive line in the offseason, which is priority one now that they apparently have an offensive coordinator, and he's able to stay healthy next year. And then if these young receivers continue to develop, that's going to be another question, Mark. There's so much youth in those top three receivers, at least as we perceive the top three to be right now. Uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity for Carr to hit the ground running next season. But they they got to get the offensive line fixed. But I would have to say that the last five games should be encouraging to even his harshest critics. Yeah, Perry has a chance. Olave's good, not great, and Shahid is fast and can take the top off defenses. The other major factor for the Saints, though, is Jawan Johnson. The guy got hurt coming out of camp and, you know, missed the first game. And when he came back, he wasn't 100%. I don't think he was really himself until much like Carr, like the last month of the season. And you saw what he did when he was healthy. He was the guy everybody thought he would be before the season. He was really good. And that gives you that extra weapon and that security blanket for Carr at that position. Yeah, I think there's every reason to think that Juwan Johnson, when healthy, is going to continue to be a good, young, improving tight end. And, you know, when I heard the, the Kubiak news, you know, one of the first things I thought of is how the Saints could utilize Juwan Johnson in similar fashion to how the 49ers utilized George Kittle. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as George Kittle, who's an elite tight end, but the way they get the ball to him, uh, almost like a wide receiver, the way they get it to him downfield as well as underneath, I think Juwan Johnson can be utilized in similar fashion, and if not as effectively, still effectively enough to be one of the better tight ends in the NFC. All right, it's a week out, you know, just over a week out, but any early leaning with regard to the Super Bowl from your perspective? You know, I I can't go against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the 49ers are really good. I've been touting them as probably the NFC favorite most of the year. It wouldn't shock me if they won, but, you know, Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach. This is their fourth trip there in five years. Patrick Mahomes reminds me uh, in, in one time, I mean, there are so many things you can say about him, but one thing that stands out to me, especially with these two road playoff victories, after all the talk about him not winning, not having to win a road playoff game previously, is he reminds me of Joe Burrow 2019 at LSU. It's just no matter what the situation is, he always finds that one play you have to have to win no matter who the opponent is, no matter what the circumstances are. So I can't go against Pat Mahomes or Andy Reid, although I have a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan, and I think it's going to be a great game. You know, I should mention, too, because, you know, Derek Carr spoke out about Michael Thomas, and I wanted to get this in earlier, but I'll do it now. You know, here's what Carr said. He said, I probably didn't throw the best ball 
if that's how he wants to view it and see it, completely fine by me. I also understand that when I came in the building, we had Chris Olave, who they were trying to train to be the number one guy. So all of a sudden, every rep in practice is Chris first. As a superstar that Mike is, I can understand you're dealing with all the injury noise. You're dealing with Chris becoming the guy, and he loves Chris, but I can understand where the frustration starts to build. I, I, I think that's it's interesting, but I also think it's accurate. Yeah, I think it's accurate, and I think it's, uh, it shows a very deft touch on Derek's part in that he's uh, able to be upfront about it and, and try and see things from Mike's perspective. And uh, I, I think he did a very good job of avoiding uh, making the situation worse and uh, was very respectful, and uh, that which was the smart thing for him to do. Yep, and, and people's reaction on social media to Carr's comments, which I think were measured and, and pretty accurate and pretty fair, they're still ripping the guy. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> Again, I am not a Carr apologist at all. He, he's not that good. I mean, he's an average to fairly good player, but that's exactly what he's been throughout his career. And anyone that would say he wasn't an upgrade over Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston just isn't being honest or isn't paying attention to what they're watching. Because it's very interesting that fans didn't didn't have that vitriol or booing for Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston or even Taysom Hill, for that matter, like they've had for Carr, which makes me think it's about the money. Well, yeah, I, I think that skewed the uh, the impression because you know Andy Dalton was brought in to be a backup. He wasn't making a, a gazillion dollars, and they looked at uh, Derek Carr and the money he got. And I, I think subconsciously, if not consciously, a lot of fans said, well, this is the next Drew Brees. Look how much they're paying him. And if we're going to start comparing uh, Saints quarterbacks to Drew Brees, then we're going to have a lot of unhappy followers for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and about a minute or two left with Les East. And with regard to Jameis Winston, I mean, it's nothing – against him whatsoever. It's a shame he got hurt when he got hurt in that game against Tampa Bay, and it changed everything, obviously. But we haven't seen any demand or command for his services around the league whatsoever over the last year and a half. We'll see what the market bears this year. Maybe, and for his sake, I hope he does get a chance. Maybe he will, but there hasn't been much of a market for him and there were a number of teams that needed a quarterback in season this year and nobody came calling for Winston so look uh, my guess is he's not back next year the, the issue is who do you go out and get I don't know that you can trust Jake Hayner uh, an unproven later round pick to be that guy so I would imagine they'll probably go out and try to get another veteran at that position yeah, I definitely think that that's the way it's going to play out. I don't think Jake Hayner's ready to be the number two. I don't think Jameis will be back for, for two reasons. One, he still, he said this, he still sees himself as one of the 32 starters in the NFL. So he's going to go out and look for an opportunity, even if that's not the opportunity that's presented initially. He's going to go to a place where I think he believes he'll have a better chance of getting playing time in the short term. And also, I, I think what happened in the Falcons game is something that, that they 
that that should have been the last straw. So, uh, but I will say this: uh, I think Jameis has handled himself very well since he's been here. Uh, 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 with the roller coaster ride he has had in a variety of ways, and I thought he deserved an opportunity after he got healthy uh, in in twenty two. Uh, and didn't get it. I thought that was unfair to him. But at this point, I, I think it's run its course. Yeah, I agree with you, and I agree with him deserving an opportunity to come back, too. I think that's accurate. How healthy was he? You know, We don't know that. He had a lot of injuries. But the other part of that is obvious, that Dennis Allen did not have any confidence in him, whereas Sean Payton might have had a little confidence in him. I think that was a clear picture that was painted by the organization. He's Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Go to the website to check out his fine work. And Les, I appreciate the time tonight and appreciate everything you do. And uh, keep up the good work. Let me see if I can get you a quick update here on scores so that you're up to date. The Blue Jays are, have a 22.5 point lead over Holy Cross right now as the consolation round continues in that race for first place in Division One. So... Just thought I'd pass that on to you. Keep you happy, man. The Jays are trying to wake up the echoes from Coach Sam. Yeah, well, Coach Sam texted me this past week and said he was planning to be here tomorrow. So oh, I sure look forward to seeing my friend. He, I sure look forward to seeing my friend. He's one of the truly most wonderful people I've ever dealt with in this industry. And we became very close friends a long time ago, and we stayed that way. So I, I really hope I, I get to see my friend here tomorrow. Thank you, Les. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. All right, buddy. Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'll take this time out when we return. The New Orleans Pelicans, well, they're back in action. And who's playing and who's not? We'll tell you all about it. And will they get the job done in San Antonio? We'll tell you all about that, which is next here on All Access on Nash Icon, 106.1 FM, and at NashFM1061.com. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgaters Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 106.1 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgaters Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. UTIs are the worst, and they always seem to show up at the worst times. My romantic getaway? Not so romantic. If you get UTIs, then you need to try Eucora. Eucora makes UTI relief products backed by science. Now I have peace of mind with Eucora. Get relief and get ahead with Eucora. Try today at eucora.com slash radio. U-Q-O-R-A dot com slash radio. That's uqora.com slash radio. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or if you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. 
Hi, this is Jessica Walker, account executive with Cumulus New Orleans. I specialize in growing business. If you want to grow your business, let me help. We have four great radio stations and an amazing selection of digital products to take your business to a whole new level. Call me at 504-874-7903 or email me at jessica.walker at cumulus.com. The consultation is free. Cumulus Media and Jessica Walker, let's grow together. We know life can hit us with the unexpected when losing a loved one. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service is here to help. You're never alone. Simple direct cremation for only $1,195. That's right, only $1,195 with no hidden charges or fees. Please give us a call at 504-218-5554 or visit our website at neworleanscremationservice.com. Great service with an exceptional price guarantee. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service, celebrating life. The best ice chests in the world are made right here in Mandeville, Louisiana. And if you're a perfectionist, you need Kysik, the best engineered ice chest in the world. It's the ice chest that keeps things cold the longest. Simply go to Kysik.com and order yours today. In Louisiana, not only do we cook great crawfish, we also make the world's best ice chests. Go to KYSEK.com, that's Kysik.com, and get your ice chest today. Here's some things you probably don't know about Dully DeBosier. I make a mean jambalaya. But I stay clear of the kitchen. My favorite way to relax is sitting down with a good book. Me? I have four kids. I haven't relaxed in 20 years. And I love a good crawfish etouffee. Heck, when I do crawfish, it's just peel and eat. But despite our differences, there's one important thing we have in common. We're lawyers who love helping people. Demand Dully DeBosier, 444-4444. Chad Dully, New Orleans, LA 2315659. This report is sponsored by Pfizer. COVID-19? I don't want to risk missing work. I booked an appointment for this season's updated COVID-19 shot designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn about a vaccine option and book your COVID-19 shot on SchedulecovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. All right, good afternoon as we are starting to clear a lot up. Eastbound I-10, Kennedy downtown is 25 minutes. And uh, eastbound I-12, Hammond to Slidell, still about a 30-minute delay right now. 34 minutes eastbound I-12 from LA-1077 to Covington, 34 minutes in that area right now. Uh, 18 minutes westbound Crescent City connection from the I-10 split to Terry Parkway. That's about a 13-minute delay. I'm Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Friday evening as I come to you from Brookshire Grocery Arena in Mosier City, Louisiana at the LHSAA State Wrestling Championships and we will update all the numbers for you coming up before the end of the show and then you can follow me on Twitter at Ken Trahan that's at Ken Trahan to get the up to the minute results which we are posting all day and of course by tonight when everything's over with later we'll have a story with video from today's happenings here in Mosier City. The New Orleans Pelicans back in action in just a little bit just after 7 p.m. at San Antonio against the Spurs and Victor Wembanyama. The Pelicans are 27 and 21 overall and coming off of a very good win at Houston. Looked good 
in the process of that particular game. It was impressive. Now they got to make it work and stand up because you got to carry it over. You can't lose a game that you're supposed to win it. Yes, this game is on the road tonight, but no, the Spurs are not a good team. In fact, they're lousy. They're 10 and 38, the worst record in the conference. Pelicans right now are in seventh place in the Western Conference. Obviously, you need to be in the top six to avoid the play-in. They're a game behind the Phoenix Suns, a game behind the Sacramento Spurs, Sacramento Kings, I should say. Uh, there's a spread after that because they're five and a half behind the Nuggets. They're not catching them. They're not catching the Clippers, the Thunder, or the Timberwolves. So I don't think the top four is in play, at least from where I sit, even though you still have 24 games left in the season. The Pelicans have been a good road team, 13 and 11 overall, and the opportunity is there tonight to get the job done. The good news for New Orleans, Zion Williamson, who was a game-time decision, will play. So he's in tonight. There are two that are out, though. Herb Jones still out after missing the last game in Houston. He's out again tonight. And Larry Nance Jr. also out tonight. So you don't have your backup center either. The Spurs will be without Keldon Johnson, who has an elbow laceration. His second straight game that he's missed. But otherwise, they'll have their players in tow. Rumors continue to persist about the possibility of a trade. I don't know if there's one out there that makes sense or that could be good for this team. And the rumors regarding Jonas Valanciunas, I think, are real because of his contract situation, which is up at the end of this season. But he's a good player. And again, you saw what he was capable of doing in the last game when Zion Williamson wasn't there. What he was able to do was pretty special. And he was impressive. And that's what you hope for now, when you're talking about center productivity. Look, he's never going to be a defensive guy. He's going to struggle in space, but he rebounds the ball well, and he can score the ball. And those things are obvious. And you're looking for those things you know, when it comes to having a starting center in the league. And I know they've struggled with the starting lineup in terms of plus-minus. Part of that is because when he and Williamson are on the floor, you have two guys that don't move that well and struggle in space to guard. So the offense might be there, but the defense isn't. And the ability to space the floor isn't there when you have both of them on the floor as well because Ingram's really not a three-point shooter. He'll make him occasionally. C.J. McCollum is. Herb Jones has improved in that regard, but that's not his overall strength. Trey Murphy, that is his strength, but he's just been average to mediocre shooting threes percentage-wise this year. Hopefully that changes because they really need him to be that guy. He and Jordan Hawkins to shoot the ball well, along with McCollum from distance. The three-point shot is such an incredibly important aspect to the NBA today. You absolutely need it, and it's the Pelicans who have to find that aspect of their game on a more consistent basis. But again, if you're going to trade Valanciunas, what are you getting in return? People keep throwing out names. And some of them are good names, but do you really think those teams are going to trade away those assets, especially teams that are in contention? I think it's different if you're talking about a team that's looking to start over or cashing in this year, but I don't see that with the players we're talking about, at least the ones that have been mentioned. So I don't know that there's a trade out there. And the Pelicans have said for three years now, we'd like to 
let this roster play and see what it can do, and they've never had the chance to do it because of all the injuries. Well, they have a chance to do it now. Will they allow it to transpire? That remains to be seen. Tonight, you got to beat the Spurs. The schedule is such, and it dictates that this is a game you have to win because then you get the Raptors at home on Monday, and they've cashed it in. They traded Siakam, and they're 17-30. and 30. So these are two games you got to win because then you go to L.A. and play two games, one with the Clippers, one with the Lakers, and that's going to be tough. Then you go to Portland, and even though their record's not any good, they just beat the Bucks. And then at Memphis, who always plays the Pelicans, tough. So schedule doesn't get any easier, at least in the short term. So it's very important to get this win tonight and to get the win over Toronto. It's 504-260-1061, a timeout here. Back with more of All Access in a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. UTIs are the worst, and they always seem to show up at the worst times. My romantic getaway? Not so romantic. If you get UTIs, then you need to try Eucora. Eucora makes UTI relief products backed by science. Now I have peace of mind with Eucora. Get relief and get ahead with Eucora. Try today at eucora.com slash radio. U-Q-O-R-A dot com slash radio. That's U-Q-O-R-A dot com slash radio. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles, with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-630-9723 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. Call 800-466-0425 now. 800-466-0425. That's 800-466-0425. What do you have to lose? Call 800-466-0425. Again, 800-466-0425. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Get the appliances you need right away at Lowe's. Explore the largest assortment of brands you trust in-store or online at the best values. Plus, take advantage of their everyday financing offers. Lowe's knows home improvement. Subject to credit approval. All right, good afternoon as we are starting to clear a lot up. Eastbound I-10, Kennedy downtown is 25 minutes. And uh, eastbound I-12, Hammond to Slidell, still about a 30-minute delay right now. 34 minutes eastbound I-12 from LA 1077 to Covington, 34 minutes in that area right now. Uh, 18 minutes westbound Crescent City connection from the I-10 split to Terry Parkway. That's about a 13-minute delay. I'm Michael Higgins. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. 
Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. A sad day for New Orleanians. Carl Weathers passing away at the age of 76. Carl Weathers, of course, New Orleanian from St. Augustine High School, a proud Purple Knight, a brilliant actor, a guy that everyone became familiar with and liked through the Rocky movies. He was in the first four Rocky movies, obviously, but that wasn't all he did. He was in just a ton of films over the years. And I don't know how many people even know that he was a New Orleanian and that he was from St. Augustine High School because he was all that. And again, a guy that just had so much respect for with what he was able to do. The Rocky movies made him famous, but you know, I think about semi-tough. You know, then he was in Action Jackson. You know, Happy Gilmore, of course, was another one that came to mind. And you know, he had a very distinguished acting career over an extended period of time. And it's a sad day to see Carl Weathers no longer with us. And the Purple Knights have spoken out about it on social media. And they've been, of course, very gracious and grateful about their alumnus that everybody really enjoyed. He was a charismatic guy, a fun actor to watch. These were superlative movies, fun, and Carl Weathers gone at the age of 76. So, again, our thoughts are with the entire St. Augustine community. And certainly we offer and lift up the Weathers family and all those associated with him for their loss. Tough time, to say the least. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We're getting close to putting a wrap on this. So when we return following this final timeout, we'll get you updated on the latest here from Bossier City on the LHSAA State Wrestling Championships. We'll update the current team scores next here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles, with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-630-9723 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. Call 800-466-0425 now. 800-466-0425. That's 800-466-0425. What do you have to lose? Call 800-466-0425. Again, 800-466-0425. After the car wreck, people sometimes come up to us and say, I need your help, but I'm just not the suing type. Believe me, at Dudley DeBosier, we get it. But ask yourself this. Do you want to be taken advantage of by the insurance company? Or do you want to get what's fair? what you and your family really deserve. The choice is easy, and it doesn't cost you anything to see if we can help. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Call 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 23 15717. 
For 54 years, privateer student-athletes have proudly worn New Orleans across their chest. Just like our city, our sports teams have been fueled by resiliency and the unquenchable desire to win. We need your help in aiding our student-athletes, teams, and university on its quest to make New Orleans proud. We invite you to enjoy NOLA's team. We are your crew, the only university representing New Orleans all day, every day. Join us at UNOPrivateers.com. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Here in Bossier City at Brookshire Grocery Arena, the LHSAA State Wrestling Championships continuing as we speak and we promise you that we would update you on the latest from the tournament. So let's give you the updated team numbers still in wrestlebacks or consolation round, if you will, as we speak right now. Let's start with division one where Jesuit continues to lead with 178 points. Holy Cross is second with 155 and a half points. So it's a 22 and a half point margin as we speak. East Ascension is third at 132 and a half. Brother Martin fourth at 128 and a half. Catholic of Baton Rouge fifth at 119 and a half. It's Dutchtown sixth, tied with St. Paul. St. Paul's a Dutchtown tied for sixth at 114. Benton is eighth with 85. Chalmette ninth now with 81. Santa is 10th with 79. That's the top 10 in Division One and Division Two. North DeSoto, the leader with 171 points. Turlings Catholic is second, 151, 20 points behind. Archbishop Rummel has moved into third at 127. St. Thomas Moore is fourth, 124 and a half. Sam Houston fifth at 106. Bruley is sixth at 104 and a half. Parkway seventh at 94. Rain is eighth with 81. Lakeshore at number nine with 67 and a half. Como in number 10 with 56 points. That's the top 10 standings in Division Two. In Division Three, it is tight. Defending champion Archbishop Shaw, the leader with 120 points. Basile, a close second at 115, only a five point spread. Then it drops off to Archbishop Hannon third at 92 and a half. John Curtis Christian is fourth at 81. De La Salle fifth at 78 and a half. South Beauregard sixth at 73 and a half. It is Evangel Christian seventh at 69 and a half. St. Louis Catholic eighth at 66. St. Edmund is ninth at 33 and a half. And it is St. Edmund, 33 and a half. I mentioned ninth in 10th, Rose Pine at 31. That's the Division Three standings. That's the updated standings from the LHSA State Wrestling Championships. Follow me on Twitter at Ken Trahan. That's at Ken Trahan. I'll update everything for you through the rest of the night, and then we'll have a story to conclude the night through CrescentCitySports.com with videos as well. That's all coming up. We appreciate you being with us here this evening. We thank you for joining us. For Rudy Dixon, Les East, I'm Ken Trahan, reminding you to join us tomorrow morning for the Three Tailgater Show, 10 a.m. to noon. Ed Daniels and I 
here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM. Until then, thanks for joining us and be a good sport. And God bless you one and all. Rounding third in Henny Holm. So long. Thanks for listening to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The best prep sports site in Louisiana with the state's best prep football scoreboard. All Access was also presented by the Allstate